This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Roy, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. Well, that was entertaining. I really enjoy talking to Greg and just hearing his story. He's got so many different things going on at all times and meeting with interesting people and finding out cool stuff about them. So hope you guys enjoyed that. If you missed any of it, you can, of course, uh, find the podcast at uh, seattlesports.com or Apple, Google, wherever it is, and just go listen to the whole hour because it's uh, always a kind of a wild ride with Greg. Um, hey, uh, Maura, you were telling us a little bit yesterday about the uh, women in sports thing. Can you give us just uh, some more information if people want to go find this uh, deal? Because it's pretty cool what's going on. Yeah, this is the second year that we're partnering with uh, the Seattle chapter of WISE, which is women in sports and events. Um, and they're, they're giving us an opportunity to recognize a woman in our community that uh, works in sports and events. So if you know someone that gives their all to, to anything, it's kind of a broad range of things that you can be considered there. Um, you can go ahead and nominate her at woiseattle.org. Um, and uh, yeah, last year's winner was uh, Teresa Haney. Um, she was a big pickleball fan, like kind of, I think, before that swept the nation and realized that there wasn't always a lot of access to it. So um, she, Pickleball hipster. So yeah, she started the Seattle mm. Metro Pickleball Association mm-hmm. to improve um, access and kind of advocate for it. Uh, it's to be more accessible to okay. people. Um, and that, yeah, it's really, so they're really doing the nomination. Mike Lefko now, right? appreciates that. <laughs> now is the nomination time, yes. right? And then eventually they'll choose somebody to, so kind of if the... you know someone, yeah, locally Very that cool. works in sports and it says events too. So it's like I said, kind of a broad category. You might as well go ahead and, uh, and submit the person that you're thinking of at W O I Seattle.org. W O I Seattle.org. Very cool. All right. Uh, Hey, let's play some, which is better. We haven't done this in a little while. I like, which is better. And it's, uh, gives me an opportunity to, uh, you know, decide which things are better <laughs> and i like the music as well are you guys ready Rock always yes. likes which is better which is better shrimp or prawns <laughs> i mean i'll eat either but prawns what's the difference prawns Could are a little bigger they're bigger no because i see sometimes the count on the shrimp it's like, oh, this one's 6 to 10. This one's 12 to 18. Prawns have different size counts also. I'm going to go with shrimp because it's shrimp cocktail, not prawn cocktail. Why is that? I don't know. Could someone bay please shrimp, explain to me the difference between shrimp and oh, prawns? Oh, bay shrimp, I don't like the little baby yeah. ones. No. Yeah, that's bay kind shrimp. of um, I, I, like, rented a cottage with someone out on, like, Samish once and went to the Taylor Shellfish Farm out yep. there. Beautiful. And got some spot prawns. Yeah. Those are amazing. We did, like, some olive oil and garlic and put them on the grill. Spot prawns are like known for being a little sweeter mm-hmm. and they were well, so good. Shrimp have I still one think pair about those. Of, shrimp have one pair of legs and include claws at the end. Prawns have three pairs with claws. Three pairs of legs? I think generally prawns are supposed to be bigger and they say that shrimp are like more flexible. Prawns are a more little flexible. More flexible? Yeah. Like you can eat them because with more their, things? I guess or their leg situation. Shrimp I don't cocktail. Because of the only two legs instead and of three pairs. Po boy, not I a prawn po boy. We'll eat it all. I rest my case. <laughs> Which is better, Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre? Oh. Oh. Right? Well, okay. <laughs> Be- because he's suing everyone, I'll say allegedly. But Brett Favre's an actual criminal, allegedly. <laughs> so he's literally he's suing like Shannon Sharp and Pat McAfee right now. So Aaron Rodgers is um, better. So I have to go with the criminal, yeah, allegedly. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Aaron Rodgers is better. Even though Aaron Rodgers is 
a piece of work, as you said. Who's a better player? That's not fair. Rodgers. I think it's really? Favre was so YOLO. Like, But it, of his day, that's sort of what. It was a lot of good and bad. I'm they say both won one Super Bowl and had a lot of success. How many MVPs? Other than that. Five, huh? I think more. I don't know. You have to go check. That's a good question. All right. Which is better? You want a really hard one? You want a hard which is better, but you have to answer it. It can't be a tie. Which is better? Tucker, Davy Jones, or Rye? No. I've met Tucker. And, yeah. So that's what I'm going with. You're going with Tucker? Yeah. I've never met Davy Jones either. That's true. Well, Rye's a puppy. Baby. I know. <laughs> that's the thing. So Davy Jones eliminated because we haven't met him. He's really cute, though. He's very cute. But hey, you got to make tough choices in which is better. I'm going Rye. He looks very, very cute. I mean, I get, yeah, I guess a puppy wins, I think, but that's horrible. I love them all. <laughs> Brett Favre won three in that piece. <laughs> How many did Rodgers win? I know this off my head. <laughs> uh, you know Rodgers says one f- four. Oh, so maybe Aaron Rodgers is better. <laughs> Which is better? Double into the gap or a double down the line? Double down the line has more chance for a play at the plate. True. So I'm going to go double down the line. That's a good point. And there's usually a chance for some fan interference or something like that. It's more interesting. That's true. But a double down the line can be a lot flukier. Like sometimes a double down the line isn't all that hard hit. It just sort of sneaks down into the corner. If you put a double into the gap, you've hit the ball well, and they look pretty coming off the bat too. Especially a double into the opposite field gap. Yeah, but the double down the corner is a chance to get stuck or bounce around a lot and turn into a triple. Hmm. True, but that'd be a triple down the line. That's a different category. That's true, but <laughs> off the bat, I like a double down the line. Text message, shrimp and prawns are the same thing. It's just regional vernacular. Other says prawns are what snobs from Bellevue call shrimp. <laughs> Scramp. <laughs> I don't know if we know the difference between those, but I do know the bay shrimp he was talking about yeah, those are, are tiny. Yeah, I got yelled at by a customer when I worked at the art museum once because she ordered a Louis salad that came with the bay shrimp and she expected... Big shrimp. Prawns, yeah. Yeah, sorry. We got a uh, text suggestion for which is better. Go on. Thai curry or Indian curry? It's a good question. Can't I'm going to go that. Thai curry. Yeah, I like Thai. There's a lot of different colors of the Thai curry. They're all pretty good. You get the green curry, the red curry, yellow curry, white curry. Curry is one of those things that looks and smells delicious and tastes terrible to me. Really? Yeah. See, I don't. Yeah, for a long time I felt that way about Indian curry, and then I started eating Thai curry, and now I like Indian curry too. <laughs> There's curry on the menu. I'm going to get it most times. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, I like it. And like five star too. Surprised nobody put Aaron Curry on that list. <laughs> Steph Curry. tried another hot wing yesterday that I got to tell you about later. <laughs> Dude, you're obsessed. I can't you're out of control. I, can't. I knew I would. You've had like... hot wings three times in the last four days. Today's hot wing Wednesday, and I have things to do before the Mariners game, and Dude. I'm not going to be able to get some, so I had to get them last. You got to tone it down. I got Stop a doing your pickle Instagram and do a hot wing Instagram. No, I'm never there's too many of those okay. already. That wouldn't be hipster enough can't for Justin. <laughs> Uh, since you brought this one up, Justin, which is better, scoring from first on a double or seeing your team cut down a runner at the plate on a double? Hmm. I like defense more. I'm going to cut down cut down to the plate. Yeah. More has to go right for that. More things have to be executed properly, and that's more satisfying to me as a baseball fans. fan. You guys Mariner fans. The Mariners need the runs, man. You got to <laughs> score on first on a double, make yeah, it happen. I did is... like that yesterday with Sam Haggerty. Just seeing True. the the way the speed of a guy who can score from first on a double is pretty awesome to watch. Also, me like middle infielder, man. I love that relay home, good throw from the 
from an outfielder. Yeah. That is satisfying. Yeah, they had one earlier this year, right? Kelnick to JP to the plate, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. That was pretty good. I was at that game. Was this the game where they thought, no, yeah, go on. Which is better, Logan's mustache or Nestor's mustache? <laughs> I can't stand Nestor Cortez. Nestor Cortez. No, I'm sorry. I love oh. Logan, but that thing is, it's uh You don't like it. Disturbing. Uh, but so, No. <laughs> Nestor Cortez, I was thinking about this last night. He's the unathletic kid down the street that's good at everything. And when you hand him the bad controller in a video game, he still beats you. Ugh. Like the, the, the knockoff brand one, the button stick, or it just is slow to react and he adapts and is still better than you. That's He doesn't look like a baseball player and he crushes us. He doesn't look like anything. And that mustache is hideous. And I got to tell you, I really like Dan Wilson. I think he's done a great job filling in. He brought up a comparison to Ted Lilly. I mean, I get it. They're both lefties. Ted Lilly's like one of the best looking dudes ever. Dude looked exactly like, um, what's that actor who's in everything, in Bruges and everything out in Bruges. Do you think he was doing a looks Colin Farrell. comparison? He was probably oh, doing a baseball yeah. comparison. Ted Lilly looks like Colin Farrell. <laughs> Nestor okay. Cortez does not. <laughs> Let's just say that. All right. I was hoping Nestor Cortez uh, is going to be really affected by the pitch clock, and it seems like he doesn't seem right. to be. Someone texted this in, and I looked it up. One All more right. differentiator for you: okay. uh, majority of shrimp are found in salt water, water, while most prawns live in fresh water. Well, you got to ask Curtis Rogers about that. He's really the expert the around here when it comes to salt water. Was one of the greatest debates ever on this station. Yeah, we, we is better cargo shorts or jorts. Cargo shorts. Cargo shorts. No. Jorts are a n- no bueno. Cargo shorts. No, no. This yeah. is jorts. Cargo shorts. Are... You no. would like jorts. Of course You're you all would. hold your stuff. You go focus on making <laughs> but friends. But you wear the jorts. cargo shorts tells the world. Yeah, but what do jorts tell the world? That I'm comfortable. Oh, my gosh. Cargo that, pants look for at women me. are back right They're now. look at me, and you know it. They're you, look at me. Robbie Ray wore like jorts in spring training. Yeah, look good. at me. I got my big he's legs. He's not a look Robbie Ray. No. Robbie Ray's not a look at me guy, grunting every time he throws the ball. Uh, did you look see his outfit on the 4th of July? Yes. <laughs> look at me, look okay, at me, look at me, look at me. The tight pants? Robbie Ray's a little bit of a look at me We're too late. We've got to come back, give you everything you need to know. It's Brock and Salk. See, this is the kind of debate that then that rages after which is better. We'll be right back on Seattle Sports on 710. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Yeah, it was not a good night for the Mariners. For the second night in a row, they got their butts kicked by the Yankees who just came in and bashed the baseball everywhere you looked. Home runs flying out of the park. It was not a lot of fun to watch. I'm sure it wasn't a lot of fun to play in. And for Logan Gilbert, it was kind of a mess. He was able to get through the first, obviously, but uh, wasn't easy. You know, A lot of foul balls, a lot of deep counts. They were just they, they're seeing everything very well. They're on him. Um, and, and very atypical. I think Logan usually, when he goes out, he goes out and really establishes fastball is, is his pitch. And uh, you know, the secondary pitches tonight, he threw some good ones, he, he threw some bad ones. Uh, the split finger wasn't there with him tonight, so certainly um, he did not have his game, A game uh, as well. But you have to stay on the attack um, and then stay with your strengths. Yeah, and he tried to do that, and unfortunately, just didn't work. The problem is, it's one thing when Logan, when when it's you know Aaron Judge and the best players, but this Yankee team is beat up, and you're not facing Garrett Cole, and to see Anthony Volpe and Greg Allen being the problem, that's uh, no bueno. So hopefully, they can get it going in the right direction tonight. Uh, you will see George Kirby looking to rebound after a lousy outing that he had the last time, and on the other side of it, the Yankees are throwing somebody named Clark Schmidt. 
who sounds a little bit made up and has an ERA over five and a half. So I would certainly like to see the Mariners find a way to to just salvage this game, go out on the road, and get things done against Texas. Here's the second thing you need to know. Well, if you're looking for some good news, Julio Rodriguez is it. He was named the AL Player of the Week after just having fantastic numbers over the course of the last week or so. Jeff Passlin on with us yesterday says Julio's going to be just fine. 162 games is a long time, and guys are going to look really bad sometimes. And, and maybe it's really bad for a month, but the superstar in Julio Rodriguez never went away. Sometimes it's just a little bit of a struggle to find it. And he's found it, and his OPS is creeping back toward 800. And I imagine by the end of the season, probably going to be closer to 900. And it's nice to see. Yeah, it may not end up being the best season of Julio's career, but it should end up looking fairly Julio-like before it's all said and done. And maybe it'll even include an all-star bid, which would be pretty great, considering the game is going to be here. How about pitchers? They've had the best pitching staff in baseball. Will any of them find a way onto the all-star team? I think Luis Castillo probably is pretty set to go. Uh, You can make an argument for, for Kirby. You can make an argument for Gilbert. Miller, probably not. Not enough body of work there. Um, So I would say the over-under is one and a half, and I'm taking the under. Which is just disappointing. Again, considering how good the staff has been and what no one from one of the best bullpens in baseball deserves to go to the All-Star game, that stuff is just sort of infuriating. Here's the third thing you need to know. Probably should have added in there. The uh, other piece of good news is that Andres Munoz had a pretty good inning last night in relief in Tacoma. Went one, two, three with a couple of strikeouts. It's list season, so we're talking a lot about what the Seahawks are capable of this year. Eric Edholm of uh, NFL.com had written that they are the number nine ranked team in terms of being the most complete roster. He joined Wyman and Bob yesterday to defend it. I tried to find teams that had as few questions as possible as much depth as possible realistically right you're not going to have choice backups at every single position so you know you kind of look around the league and I, I was surprised when I went around and even though it was a lot of playoff teams from last year there were some teams like Cleveland who almost made the cut that when I looked at a big picture you said boy they have more talent than you think and I think that applies to Seattle too even coming off a playoff team where you know, I think heading into last year, there was some some real question about, hey, how much are they going to, you know, be in the hunt right away and all this and that. So a lot can change in a year's time. Obviously, it can swing back the other way. But the Seahawks are right there in the mix just because of the fact that they've plugged a lot of holes and done a good job of replacing some outgoing vets. Yeah, they've definitely done a lot of that. And they do have a lot of depth. And when you're talking about the full roster, I think that is going to be one of the strengths of the team this year. I think the question marks come, A, along the defensive line, as we know, and B, and maybe I'm the only one worried about this, but it just feels like every conversation we're having about these Seahawks involves a lot of young guys in very important roles. And that's not to say that can't work. It can. But you're asking guys that you have no idea whether they can even play in the NFL to start filling roles with somewhat, you know, somewhat... Le- high leverage, great importance. That makes me pretty nervous. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna keep coming back to that. That's everything you need to know. We do a quarter past every hour. I, 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 I do like this roster, so I, I feel a little guilty, maybe, kind of talking through the one thing about it that makes me nervous. 
right? And it's just how much you're counting on some of these young guys. I think what the Seahawks are doing is building something that is going to be sustainable with a lot of good young talent. I think you still have a couple of question marks, right? I think I, I don't know whether or not you can stop the run and what the defensive line is going to look like. They've added a lot of guys to try to throw at the problem of, of getting to the passer. And I think it will be effective, but that's fairly unproven. And, you know, saying that Derek Hall or Boy Mafe are going to, like, maybe. I mean, like, that would be great. And certainly they both have the talent to do so. But are they definitely going to be good next year? I don't know that we could say that. They haven't done it yet. And Daryl Taylor is limited. He's got one thing he's really good at, but he hasn't really been good at some of the other things that would require, uh, would be required of him when he's out on the field. Right. So, so I, you know. Defensive line still a question mark. Getting after the passer might be a strength or might end up being a weakness when it's all said and done. You don't know whether or not Jamal Adams is going to be healthy once again. And you're looking to potentially start two more rookies in addition to the two rookies from last year in your offensive line. You put all that together, that's a concern. And oh, by the way, you've got a quarterback that you like that has had now one good season and certainly looks to be in complete command when you see him out of practice. Uh, but at the same time, does never been a player that as anyone has ever said, he's going to lead you to a Super Bowl. And if that's the goal this year, I think it's fair to have some questions about whether or not the Seahawks can accomplish that. It's also, we spent most of the offseason thinking we were going to get Jalen Carter. So we spent most of the offseason thinking that the defensive line was going to be addressed in a big, big way. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. So yeah, like it's going to make you doubt where they stand at the biggest weakness they had last year, and they didn't do anything, to, in our minds, big enough yeah. to fix it. Well, we'll see. I mean, obviously, that's the great thing about the Seahawks and, and about the NFL, right? Like, some of these question marks turn out to be exactly the opposite, and some of the things that you were con- you know, not concerned about at all, you one injury away, and the next thing you know, you're worried about cornerback depth again. Right. So things have a way of, of working themselves out. I am looking forward to the team, and I do think they're going to be a lot of fun and probably pretty good. They're going to be Super Bowl contender. I don't know whether I'm quite willing to say that. Speaking of uh, teams that are not living up to their potential, the Mariners are obviously in that camp. Got to figure out why. It's next. Brock and Salk. Seattle Sports on 710. SeattleSports.com. This this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Life's weird, man. It's fun having Greg Bishop on today. He's telling stories about meeting DJ Jazzy Jeff and his take on Jalen Hurts. We got a tweet here from somebody who says, yeah, my question for Greg is, which current NFL quarterback would you want to connect with kid from kid and play? I, I don't know. <laughs> who who would you want to connect? Who would be the best person to connect with kid from kid and play? I don't know. It's good. Uh, it's a good debate. I didn't know that either kid nor uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff would come up today when we started the show, but... Sometimes that's uh, that's just the direction these things go. Turns out going. DJ Jazzy Jeff is a big popcorn fan too. Because oh yeah, my friends that own the popcorn shop, he apparently is a big customer and sends emails often requesting new. I would new so flavors. I would have something in common with DJ Jazzy Jeff. Sure would. Also being a huge popcorn fan. Are you are you able to? When's the last time we had popcorn? Uh, I had some this weekend. Okay, you got matter of fact, <laughs> the kids are asking me like, "Hey, when you're getting into the maintenance phase of uh, of Eastside Weight Loss Clinic, what are you going to be doing? What's the first thing you want to eat?" And I was like, "Popcorn." Yeah, that's probably the I thing I crave too, more than anything. And that blew my mind. Like, I know. I think it's okay, but that would not be the first thing I'd want to eat. After I think about it all the time. I absolutely love the taste of popcorn. I love salty <laughs> foods in general. And just something about like the crunch and 
I mean, I love potato chips. I love. There's a lot of things in that category I like, and which is you know why I needed to go to, to, to Eastside yeah. Weight Loss Clinic. But um, but yeah, I I really love popcorn. I thought about this before. If any diet ever told me I couldn't have pickles, I'd be like, we're done here. That okay. would be a weird diet. I mean, pickles are basically cucumbers. Just in case I mean, it was like a, just like a water salt thing, or if they're like, hey, I can't have any. How of often the... are you eating pickles? Man, you need to see the fridge. How he often are you eating them? Instead eat of dessert. I, pickles are my dessert. Yeah. So you have them every night? Yeah, probably. Or twice a day. You eat pickles twice a day? Probably. That's honestly, Justin, of all the things about you, that is the most crazy. Why? Because the pickles are, and I'm not saying pickles aren't good. Pickles are fine. But they're, you know, an occasional food. Mm, no. On things, in the right moment. They're like, on their own food. I I'm right now. When I have them in my fridge, I would probably eat. Really? I, I gifted more uh, yeah, pickles, pickles every for day. Christmas. When, when yeah. I, I, right now in my fridge, I have these pickled lemon cucumbers, and they are perfect. I mean, I'm sure they're good. Like, I, so, I, I'm not down on pickles. I'm not trying to be anti-pickle. I, they're not boring pickle either. It's not like <laughs> you're, like, Vlasic or Nally's, like your shelf-stable pickles. I'm getting the good, fun ones that are fermented and changed and developed. Right, will you and, do me a favor? And I, and I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, dig too deeply into this. But will you do me a favor? Will you bring me the best pickle you can find? Oh, it's a big category. There's so many different. The pickle you think. You're just raving about the lemon one. The, the lemon pickle you really think good. would sell me on eating pickles more often. Oh, you know what I'm going to do? Then I'm going to bring you one that has actually gut health to it, some probiotic. I'm going to bring you some Brits, <laughs> Brits fermented foods. They make, they're on Whidbey Island. Okay. One of the only, if not the only, oak barrel fermentation pickle producers in the country. Oak barrel. Oak barrel. Like, like it's a Chardonnay. It is fantastic. They are fan- You can get them at PCC. They're in bags now. So okay. they're not in jars. So if you're looking for them on the shelf. But they're um, cold section only because they're alive. They're fermented. And they have an IPO. They have uh, IPO. An IPO, yeah. Inter- uh, what is an I- pickle you- offering? It's like a Russian style pickle. <laughs> and then they have the spicy and a regular. Like they have a horseradish dill. There. I don't want any spicy. So good. No, I don't want any spicy. Okay. So you think of all the pickles in the world, the one that will sell me I th- on eating more pickles is one that's alive from Whidbey Island. It's alive in the fact that it's a live ferment, meaning it's not a dead pickle. Like there's actual some. Some probiotic benefits to it. Okay, why and would that sell me on it? Because it's not that it's not just an empty thing. It's not just an empty calorie. You've had all the shelf ones. You've had Vlasic and, and, and yeah, Nally but you said you've got cool other pickles. Tons. Like, so you think that the one that's going to sell me is going to be live versus like lemon special, whatever? Well, you don't think the flavors are going to be the thing to sell? They are going to be the thing to sell you on it. And I think you'll like the IPO pickle from Brits. That's okay. what I'm going to bring you. All right. I want an IPO pickle from Brits. Okay. okay. And then and we'll. You don't want anything spicy? Is that what I'm hearing? Right. Okay. So that eliminates a, a couple of I don't want anything spicy. I mean, I just, I don't like things that are spicy that much. That won't sell me on pickles. Okay. That'll just make me sweat. There's a proper pickle at a Long Beach that's my highest rated pickle that really? I have. I could bring you one of those. Long Beach, Washington, Long Beach, California. California. Okay. And, and what Persian, makes that special? It's a Persian cuke specifically, but <laughs> we could get way too far into that. I'm what sorry. May, okay. So tell me, it's a Persian cuke, and what does it taste like? Uh, I've had pickle. Two, yes, but it's <laughs> it's perfect in every category that you'd want your pickle to be. So that's the easiest way. So to it's cr- it's got a crunch. Uh huh. It's got crunch. The skin's not too thick. The density of the the flesh of the pickle's perfect. The seeds aren't too big. It's everything about it is perfect. He's a pickle sommelier, if you will. Just want you to try them. 
I'm going to bring you some bricks. What's the name of your Instagram page again? Eat more pickles. Eat more pickles. It's been a while since I've been able to update it because oh, we're really? busy here. But I busy? Still have man- what do you mean you're busy? Because I take a lot of time to edit those videos. Man. Oh, my gosh. Please. You get me those videos like a half hour after the show is done. What are you it's talking about? Because I'm doing about? these videos, not my pickle videos. So, but, I mean, come on, man. Like, you should you just post point. a picture of like the jar of the pickles you're eating every day. I can do that. Are you sure you're not falling? See, because of that, I thought maybe you were falling out of love with Absolutely pickles. Absolutely not. Okay. Well, pickles shows me. The text line is torn. Andrew and Elma says, wow, I can't believe Sulk is this anti-pickle. I'm not anti-pickle. 509 says, this guy talking about pickles is way out there. Sorry, guy. (laughs) Grillos, the pickle to Gallo is really good if you want to try some, like, pickle salsa. I don't. That's terrific. I mean, pickles are fine. I like pickles. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine, like, I don't think of them as, like, a, like a, a, a primary source of anything. They're secondary. 509 wants to know if this conversation is circling back to sports. Not yes. really. As a matter of fact, I'm going to a Portland Pickles game ah. June 23rd weekend. And if, it, a- and if the Portland Pickles played the Mariners last night, they still would have hit 12 home runs, which not, would have been yeah. amazing. That was frustrating. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm trying. I, I, I'm I, I'm very frustrated. I'm frustrated with the Mariners. I'm frustrated with how they're playing. Now the pitching seems to be kind of falling apart on them, which you know would be a disaster if that actually occurs. I don't think it's going to, but you know that's a it's certainly a concern that they're exhausted from everything they've been forced to do. And then, you know, I, I'm also somewhat, look, I, I don't, I know Twitter's not real life and a, and a big part of me has worked really hard over the last couple of years to separate like what is really going on in the world from what's happening on Twitter. But I, I think last night kind of summed up to me some of the problems I've been having recently. And, you know, funny, we got a, a, an answer to the question, your question last week, like, hey, how come you didn't tweet in four days? This is why. Here, here's the reason. So I, I was watching the game last night, and I was watching Nestor Cortez, who is a decent pitcher. He was very good last year. He hasn't been great this year. But Mariners have struggled against lefties. They've struggled against, uh, they've struggled against guys who throw a lot of kind of change speeds and do kind of quirky things like he does. And so I said, I think if you worked in a lab trying to create the perfect pitcher to baffle this Mariner offense and frustrate everyone watching, Nestor Cortez would be your big reveal. It's an observation just that he is a specific type of kryptonite for them. That's it. And I and I knew where all of the responses would go, and they were exactly where I thought they would be. The first, like, five responses were like, I think you could pack all the Mariners hitters if you just took the mound. You mean any pitcher with a – yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. I saw that. I Like, I don't – I don't like, the, the conversation becomes impossible – when all you want to do is pile on and it, 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 it makes it challenging to have some of these conversations about a team that isn't perfect, that isn't as good as certainly I thought they were going to be right now, but also isn't as bad as they're being made out to be by another group of people. And I'm not sure I understand how to have that conversation. I will admit, like, I mean, I've been doing this a long time. And I understand that sometimes polarization is really good in sports, sports talk, et cetera. But I, I feel like some of the extremes with this team are are kind of bizarre. Right now, the Mariners are good. They need to be a lot better than good. They need to be great. And that's what this season was supposed to be about. Right now, it's not happening. I'm a big boy. I can say that. Maybe it will happen before it's all said and done. It's May 31st. Tomorrow the calendar flips to June, and it's go time, guys. Like, we've been saying that now for the last couple of weeks. They're ahead of where they were last year. So everybody's saying, well, they're not going to have a 14-game win streak. No kidding. But also they don't necessarily need 
a 14-game win streak in order to get to where they were last year. They just need to start playing a little bit better. They need to start taking two out of three in these series instead of one out of three. And it looked like maybe that was going to happen when they beat Pittsburgh the other day. And you're going, all right, they sort of maybe are ready to kind of take off. And instead, they turn around and get absolutely clobbered two nights in a row. And no, they're not the first team in baseball history to get clobbered two nights in a row. It happens. And when your pitchers don't pitch, it happens to every team in the league. It happened to them the last two nights. It's up to them to respond today. And I think I'm running out of ways to think about how they how they meet and, and get that galvanizing moment to get them going. We had Scott's meeting. We had the players sort of taking control. We've had the walk-off win. And every single one of those things has not seemed to generate any sort of lasting consistency either for their bats or over the course of the last two games, their arms. So I don't know what it is that's going to kick this team in the pants. But I do know that the conversations have become very challenging about them because I don't know that they're all built on facts and logic. And I was I was in a conversation with a friend of mine last night who is a big Mariner fan, and he's very, very, very frustrated. And he texted me and was like, hey, you know, this team looks like there's just something wrong with them. And I said, okay. That might be true. I've sort of wondered that also. Like, is there just something sort of off about this squad? And I said, that could be true. It could be. There might be something off that we don't know about. I said, or maybe you're just predisposed to think that. And he was like, yeah, I guess you're right. True. I am also predisposed to think that. I've been grumpy all year. Sometimes I feel like you forget what it was like to be a fan. Like when you were rooting for the Red Sox as a kid. That's what fans do. It was like a way of life out there to be upset about the team. Like, they don't have to have all the answers. They don't have to know what could have happened this offseason to make it better. Sometimes they're just I totally agree with the idea of being angry. Believe me, I'm familiar. (laughs) But. But I think you want them to be like, well, this is what. If I don't have an answer of what they could have done better this offseason, then I'm not allowed to complain. Well, I think you should direct your anger in the right place. I'm very mad that Eugenio Suarez has been garbage this year at the plate. I'm very mad that Teoscar Hernandez has been garbage for the Mariners so far this year. I'm very mad that Cal Raleigh has not lived up to what he was last year at the plate. I'm very mad that for a month, Julio Rodriguez didn't perform like Julio Rodriguez. Those are very, very good reasons to be mad. Yeah. But yelling because the Mariners didn't do enough in the offseason, I don't know that it makes sense. I don't care if they had gotten Trey Turner, Eugenio Suarez still would have been bad this year so far, and they wouldn't be more than a game or two better than they are. Okay, I could see that. And that's the thing that frustrates me because so much of of the frustration I feel is misdirected. And that's the part that I think can lead to a conversation, but you can't have a conversation when you just get shouted down the moment you try to point out anything about the team. Yeah, I get that. And I, and, but I do feel like now where you said today, whereas we were saying it was too early before it's getting to the point where it's not too early. It is absolutely getting to that point. They played six of the nine teams that are ahead of them in the AL Mm -hmm. and they've won one of those series, the Astros series. So are we getting to the point where, it doesn't matter like what they did in the offseason and everything. We can stop complaining about that. Are we getting to the point where in order to close that gap, because it does feel like there's a gap between you and the best teams, mm-hmm. they are going to, and Passon said this is going to be an aggressive trade deadline because it's a seller's market. Mm-hmm. Are, I mean, 
are they going to have to make a big move here? Well, the answer to that, and I think, is... Can you can you fix the gap with a big Well, move? I think the answer is you, you, the players, need to show that it's worth it. It's up to them. Makes sense. It's not up to Jerry DePoto or John Stanton or anybody else. It's up to the players. And I, I, I don't know, like, this is, that. that's why I'll come back to what's happened in the offseason. I don't think Jerry did them dirty. He went out and got a, a big hitting outfielder and a second baseman who had good numbers last year. Both guys have not done what you'd expect them to do. And a lot of the guys that were here have not done what they did in the past and what they were expected to do. If they want the Mariners to go be aggressive at the trade deadline, show that you're worth it. Go prove it. Because otherwise, if I'm Jerry DePoto, I'm going to look at them and go, you're not worth it. That makes sense. That's what that's what I've been wondering. Like, is there a move that they can make that will close that gap? And I guess you have to no. get to a point where let me, you, let me you be do clear. feel that. No. At, at this moment, there it doesn't no feel like the one Mariners big move is going to fix it, right? There is not one player the Mariners could add that would be enough to change that as long as the guys that are not hitting continue to not hit. Yeah, it's still going to be an anchor. Yeah. I, I'm, and, and I feel like I've been saying this over and over again for the last month or so. It's not about what they didn't do. It's about what these guys aren't doing now. If Julio Rodriguez, Eugenio Suarez, Ty France, uh, Teoscar Hernandez, and Cal Raleigh all did exactly what they did last year, it'd be just fine. You wouldn't be having any of this conversation. You'd be saying, oh, and, and throw Colton Wong on that list as well. Mariners would be 10 games over 500 right now with the pitching they've had. But those guys haven't done what they did last year. And not you know going out and getting one player to join them, I don't think it does bubkiss until those guys pick it up. So you want to go? You want them to go be aggressive? You want a guy? Absolutely agree. But you've got to prove it as the players to go make it worth Jerry Depoto's while. Let's do a little ranking. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwarmfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Saw. Yeah, top ten list. I'm not buying that. Ranked. All right, Justin, why are we ranking Burns? Well, this was a, a rank that I sent from last week. Okay. That I wanted to do Burns. And also, I mean, it's the reason it was originally because Joan of Arc was burned at the state on this day. Ah, uh, yes. On history that back in the 1430s. You know, you had that day circled. <laughs> and also now Aaron Judge has burned us the last two days. He certainly so has. So from judges to Burns, uh, perfect. Let's uh, dig in here with some Burns. Burns honorable mentions like uh, John Mayer. John yeah. Mayer. You I may. just feel like all his songs sound the same. Eh, that's reggae for me, but John Mayer, that song, smash. Well, speaking of reggae, we could have some Bernie Spears. I just Spear don't like John here. Mayer as a person. <laughs> He's not a great guy. No? <laughs> Everything Is I've he a bad guy? He's done some bad He's things. He's not great to the women. He's not he? great to women in his life. Foo <laughs> Fighters. Have you seen some of their reveals with their new drummer? It's been pretty good. They had like all the other old Chad drummers Smith, coming in. Chad Smith, yeah. Tommy Lee, Dan Carey. And the appropriate guy did get the job. John Fries is fantastic. Who, what is he from? He's been a, like the fill-in drummer of every band oh, okay. for the last forever. I think he did Queens of the Stone Age as well. Got it. Uh, he's been the guy. Got it. Okay. Burn to the ground by Nickelback. I want to make sure we get some Nickelback in for the people today. 
Uh, we've got some Usher. I know Usher's talented. I just, I don't like R&B. I just don't like that kind of, I don't like slow jams. Slow jams, fine, but R&B is slow all jams. I should, I should be more, more specific. Slow jams. I'm just, I've never been into the slow jam thing. Yeah. And then like that, what's the station on XM? The, the is it fly or whatever. Like it's always, it's got cool nineties hip hop. And then some Usher's R&B. <laughs> Slow jam. I, I took just over like. my last radio, one of my last radio jobs for the Slow Jams and Dedications oh. show, and I was getting calls for a year. People trying to get no me thanks. to do a Slow Jam. No thanks. I sure has, has some stuff that's not Slow Jams. He does. Yeah. yeah. When he's on with other people. Yeah. Yeah. There. The roof, the roof is on fire. I prefer Bloodhound Gang. We don't need no water. Let the mother. There you go. That's Firewater Burn from the Bloodhound Gang. We got Burn from Ellie Goulding. She's great. She is crazy talented and gorgeous. I, I like Ellie Lights. Goulding. That's yeah. my favorite song of hers. Close to me is my favorite Ellie Goulding. Uh, for those who remember the uh, Mike Salk show open, it was Burn by Deep Purple. It's a great song. As it should be. You ever burn one on CD? Surprised. Oh, yeah. Surprised that you didn't have that in the top five now. Well, I don't know. I like it a lot, but I, I didn't know there was truly a top five. Disco Inferno didn't even make it. I saw this week was like the 25th anniversary of uh, Last Days of Disco coming out. Great movie if you haven't seen it. I have not. Really good. Chloe Sevigny and uh, what's her name? I don't know. It's a great movie. She seen that old enough to be 25 anniversary and she was in that? Yeah. As an adult? Yeah. I mean, oh. she's like a, it's like soon after she did kids, so maybe not quite an yeah, adult. Teenager. Yeah. I went down, down, down and the flames went higher and, and it burns, burns, burns. burns. Ring of fire. So you went with the Johnny Cash version. You didn't want to use the Wall of Voodoo version of Ring of Fire. It's in there. Social D version. Or the Social D version. Yep. That's a good one. Yep. Yep. There's a couple good metal bands. August Burns Red. I'm sure you're not going to put them in the top five. Wasn't, I wasn't planning on it. Cities Burn. Number- people saying Johnny Cash should have been number one. Well, that's fine. They're wrong. Uh, <laughs> let's see. They got uh, Burnt Toast. You got Artie Burns, Seahawks Corner, where number three, by the way. He probably should have been number three on this list. You're not doing that? No. You got Eric Burns, former baseball player, Carol Burnett, <laughs> Rose Byrne, the actress, her new movie or show with Seth Rogen looks terrible, Pat Burns, famous coach in the NHL. Yeah. Of course, you got Bernadette Peters, Burnett's Vodka. Mm-hmm. Justin, you ever been a Burning Man? I have not a lot. You're going to be shocked by this. A lot of my friends go to Burning Man. Yeah, that sounds right. Bo Burnham, comedian, right? Oh, yeah. Bo Burnham is fantastic. You mentioned the uh, Burnside Skate Park and Burnside neighborhood in Taylor and I were talking about Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Of course, you got movies like Mississippi Burning and Burn After Reading. Awful movie. Edward Burns, great actor, director, etc. Brothers McMullen and uh, Heist. He's great. He does good stuff. Speaking of documentaries, where's Ken Burns? Ken Burns, documentarian. Yeah, some people call him even Mr. Burns, of course, from The Simpsons. Yes. Are you ready for the top five? Go on. Number five is Ambrose Burnside. Do you know who Ambrose Burnside (laughs) was? No? Really? 
do I need to Google this? Or Ambrose is this be a Burnside joke? was a Union general in the Civil War. Former governor of Rhode Island, as I've learned. But most notably, the man for whom the sideburn is named. Oh. They are called sideburns after General Ambrose Burnside. And they are spectacular. They are beautiful. How about that? Holy moly. Can't put Johnny Cash ahead of that. Are you kidding me? Got Ambrose on there. The general. Okay. Number four, Blue Oyster Cult. No cowbell in this song, unfortunately, but that's a, uh, a classic. Got another uh, 206, The Connor Burn and Ballard. Oh, yeah. Gets a place to go see some live music. I think I've been there. That's old. Yeah. Really good spot. Number three on my list. Not a song, not a movie. And it was, I think, Mora who came up with it today. So, Mora, this one's on you. Number three, Burnt Ends. Burnt Ends. Burnt Ends. You did come up with that. Nice job, Mora. You're absolutely right. Burnt Ends. Number three, Burn on the list. Number two, old school, but one of the classic Elvis songs. So I mostly know yeah. Burning Love from uh, the Elvis Live in Hawaii album that my dad used to play constantly. And at that point, Elvis can't remember any of the words to Burning Love. It's the second song on the on the concert. He starts off with C.C. Ryder and he goes into Burning Love. And he just like coming in and out halfway, you know, not near the microphone. <laughs> and it's still awesome. It's so great. Taylor, I'm upset that we didn't think about this earlier. We were talking about Tony on Pro Skater. Bob Burnquist. I don't know professional that skateboarder. That one's up. That one's, I, as far as I know, there's only ever been one professional skateboarder. Bob Burnquist. Number one for a very specific reason. Gets to be number one because not only is it burning down the house, but it's by the Talking Heads and their lead singer, David Byrne. So there you go. Double. Sorry, Johnny Cash. Double win. You lose out to the double whammy today. It's like you guys think you get extra points or something. Yeah, you do, oh, actually. We do get our Getting points. as many as you can and yep. for making puns with them. It's called ranked. Yep. Okay. That's how you get points, Mora. And I'm sorry you don't have enough. <laughs> I'm okay with never scoring any points in ranked. Maybe people can start keeping score and sending it in for us. Well, you do get points. You brought up burn ends. <laughs> no, so. yeah. I didn't. You That's get three, a lie. You get three points for burn ends. Nice job. <laughs> you got three points today. I mean, I got two alone just for the uh, <laughs> David Burn joke. But, David Byrne? Yeah. Nice, nice job today. Uh, Bump and Stacy are coming up next. Wyman well, and Bob after that. Mariners need a win tonight. We'll be back tomorrow, and we will talk to Jerry DePoto. Certainly more fun after a win than after a loss. We'll do it starting at 6 a.m. Until then, the hay is in the barn. See everybody. We're in the barn. Get to the chopper!